Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Overlooked Show. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. How was your 4th of July? Uh, it was chill. Uh, it was loud though. Uh, apparently uh, fireworks has been, have been blowing up, up around my house since the pandemic began. It's getting annoying, but for the 4th of July, I tolerated. I had a good time with me and my family. So it was a nice break from everything. You see the videos of, uh, you know, Gavin Newsom said that no fireworks were allowed, I believe, in multiple counties across California. Fact check me on that. But uh, lots of fireworks going off from the videos that I've seen. I mean, I mean, people are bored and, you know, it's a global pandemic. People don't really have much to do. And like, you know, historically, these fireworks laws have been like, they're barely enforced. So like, it's no surprise people simply don't care. So of course, they're going to blow things up. My question is, okay, coronavirus, right? Not really being enforced. Fireworks, not really being enforced. How effective is the federal government, or rather state government, in actually you know, mandating certain provisions that people won't listen to? I mean, it's been argued that government on all levels in the United States, specifically during this pandemic, has been poorly run uh, throughout these last, this past year. So the United States government... Yeah, and I think, Dan, sorry for cutting you off, you know, I think part of that is that, you know, one, obviously, uh, <laughs> there's a leadership uh, gap, which, you know, I technically can't go into. Uh, the other part of it is that, you know, the United States as a federalist system, uh, you know, and frankly, just a very large country, right? Yes, there's different, tough there's, to govern. Yeah, very tough uh, governance, you know. Certain, certain countries, like, for example, Greece, which is a very small country. Tiny. Uh, socially very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of, frankly, diversity in Greece. Uh, more, a little easier to manage in a pandemic uh, rather than, a, you know, people in Washington, D.C. maybe telling people in the middle of Oregon what to do, you know. Yep. It seems that, you know, obviously, you know, that's why they gave authority to state and local governments uh, to make certain decisions. But at the same time, right, as a country, maybe it would have been more effective to, you know, have that have that decision making come from the top different regions different attitudes and lots of state government uh, governance different levels you have to go through not everyone's going to have the same message and same attitude frankly so it's not surprising we're seeing these results come out i saw something that i think wyoming has the uh same population as fresno unless i'm mistaken uh and wouldn't shock me wouldn't shock me wouldn't shock me george and that they have the same amount of uh senators as california (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been it's been argued from a neutral standpoint for a long time that the Senate has been unfair to those of larger populations. But that's a different conversation for another time. Yes, yes, it is, Dan. Yes, it is. And speaking of this conversation, Dan, let's talk about the news. Dan Boy, walk me through your big three of the day. Well, we start off in New Hampshire. Jelaine Maxwell, the longtime girlfriend of Jeffrey Epstein, the convicted sex offender, was formally arrested after hiding, hiding out in her New Hampshire home for several months on Thursday. FBI um, armed police officers, even the New Hampshire gang task force was ordered in on, on the property. They crushed in to Maxwell's home, eventually arresting her. Maxwell has been accused of recruiting and grooming uh, potential victims for Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, last we know, she was uh, she's she's currently in New Hampshire custody, but she could arrive in New York any day now. Uh, obviously, this case has been huge for the past year. Uh, potential big figures in like the world are entangled in it. 
like Prince Andrew from the the British monarchy, George, like I, this could be the first step in something much grander than we than what we thought initially. Jelaine Maxwell, am I saying it correctly? Jelaine Maxwell. Okay, so uh, I've seen a lot of memes about Jelaine Maxwell uh, committing suicide next week. Uh, if you've seen what I've seen on the internet, given what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. Granted, not something really to joke about, but uh, kind of crappy people from what I'm kind of getting. Uh, rumor I mean, has he wants to talk? Like, I mean, the rumor is a pal close to the, to the, to the situation said to Maxwell says that she won't, she's not willing to give up Prince Andrew, who's been controversially embroiled in this case. So, George, it's a, it's a wild story going on, and, like, I fear, like, something creepy is about to be exposed here. How can, how can so many people involved with such important decision-making uh, across not just the United States, the U.K., uh, be involved with such scumbags as Jeffrey Epstein? Honestly, Dan, that guy is kind of the scum of the earth. He's literally one of the worst people, uh, at least in modern, you know, times that has been arrested and or, uh, well, obviously he committed suicide. Who knows whether or not that's true. Overlooked certainly cannot fact check that. Uh, although we will try to one day. Um, what the hell? I mean, allegedly Epstein before, before committing suicide was allegedly uh, supposed to have assaulted 36 women in total. So yeah, very, I mean, very conveniently, uh, very conveniently uh, committing suicide, right? Very convenient timing of guards leaving at a, what, Supermax prison? Yes. And in, in, in New York of all states, in New York of all states. Ridiculous, Dan. It's ridiculous some of the shady things that I'm seeing. Uh, Dan, speaking of shady things, dude, I want to have a little bot update because what I'm seeing in the election right now is not okay. Uh, they're everywhere, first off. Uh, these bots are really attacking the political paid ads. They're attacking the news threads as we've seen. And frankly, it appears that Facebook strategy is to do nothing. Uh, something very important that we've seen is that uh, stop hate for profit has become quite a movement where advertisers are actually pulling ads off of Facebook because of their role in spreading hate. Uh, as you know, Dan, I founded this company because you know Facebook spread hate in Myanmar, uh, leading to the Rohingya genocide. And Frankly, you know, Snopes came out the other day and was like, hey, stop hate for profit, start funding facts. So us as a company, Dan, you know what we're doing this week, right? We're going to try and reach out to some of those advertisers because, uh, frankly, they should be supporting, you know, platforms that actually inform the population rather than algorithmically disinform populations. Uh, going into the election really quick. Uh, very disappointing to see their, their actions of basically their strategy is literally appears to be to do nothing and to yep. hope that, hope that, you know, society kind of forgets about it, but Dan, I mean, we're not going to forget about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this, Dan, we're not going to forget about what happened in Myanmar. We're mm -hmm. not going to forget it. I mean, you're, you said a lot of great things there, George. The fact is this election has been overshadowed by the COVID-19 crisis, frankly, and that in return has put this election made this election very vulnerable to misinformation and because the attention is on the virus. So, I mean, Facebook, we should not, just because we're not putting our focus on the election right now, doesn't mean we should not like overlook that we have elections still in November. And, you know, Facebook strategy is very disappointing. They're, it's do nothing and it's going to leave this country vulnerable to interference once again.
Yeah, Dan, as we know, Facebook cannot solve their fake news problem, okay? We are here to capitalize on that opportunity because the more they screw up, the more of an opportunity there is for us. And frankly, I'm sick of them. And if we were in charge and we had the same resources and reach that they did, I guarantee you that the world would be in a much better place. I mean, it's, I completely agree with you, George. I mean, it's become apparent that Facebook only really cares about Facebook. And, you know, I mean, like, this is the first time I've seen cracks in the Facebook's empire. Advertisers have been relying on Facebook for years. Facebook makes 99% of their revenue from ads. They have not diversified their revenue stream enough if a company came and started stealing those advertisement dollars. Dan, we're publishing this on Instagram right now. Let's go steal their advertising dollars. I mean, I mean, it's never been thought in the last 20 years that anyone can make a crack in Facebook's empire, but it seems like a crack is beginning to show and we arrived just in the right time to take a shot at it. Beautiful, Dan. Beautiful. Dan, let's move on to our next story, okay? Uh, obviously, something I wanted to cover was the cases uh, of coronavirus rising. Uh, something that's been going on, obviously, you know, the curve, the curve has really been going up here in the United States. It's been quite a, a second surge, so to call it, really. The first wave has never really ended. Uh, however, interesting things do tell, uh, interesting stories are being told in the data. For example, Dan, as our cases are rising, our death rate has continuously gone down. Now, Trump goes out and he says that it's because cases, uh, testing, 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 right? Even though that really doesn't have too much of an effect on, you know, positivity rates, etc. cetera. Uh, my, my interpretation of the data, Dan, is that deaths lag about three weeks after cases. So you've already started to see an increase in the hospitalizations uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, as the next couple of weeks uh, move on, and frankly, people that were not social distancing at 4th of July and before then, uh, I predict, sadly, that there's going to be a rise in deaths coming from coronavirus in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see your point, George. I mean, cases are just cases. It's just people getting sick. But, you know, inevitably, with this disease, people, some people who are more vulnerable to this disease are going to end up dying. So, and plus, poor social distancing has been going on in the United States for quite some time. Like, I definitely think this is a disaster in the making. And it's a really nasty virus. You know, uh, Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves got the virus. He was a very notable baseball player. And uh, from what I saw, it sucks uh, to have it. Body I mean, rate, heart rate increases. Uh, I've seen reports of heart rates, heart rates, excuse me, uh, reaching into 150 while people are sleeping. I mean, when, when they say like, you know, even if you have mild symptoms, like having disease obviously sucks, like especially with your heart rate going at that fast rate. This is, people need to remember, yes. You can it's not a very pleasant thing to have to deal with. I mean, people need to remember. I mean, even, even in the most mild cases, the disease is quite terrible. So, I mean. I don't want it. That's sure as hell. I don't fucking want it one bit, Dan. I mean, I've had experience with pneumonia and that was hard enough. So this, this compared to pneumonia, Sounds like a complete nightmare. And it's and I think people need to take charge and probably social distance and protect themselves and their family and their friends. Yeah, and Dan, you know what? Let's move on from coronavirus really quickly. Okay, I want to make sure that the election does not get overlooked. No pun intended. 
Uh, Joe Biden appears his strategy is to lie low. And it's working. I mean, like, well, questionably working, Dan, because again, polling data uh, doesn't necessarily reflect what's going to happen on election day. It is true. Polling data has been kind of misplaced in the past, misrepresented. But the numbers, you can't ignore that the numbers for President Trump are dropping. And, you know, there are folks out there that, you know, have frankly gotten tired of the show. And, you know, Dan, remember here, right? Remain first off, remain unbiased. Second yes. off, let's, let's let's look at data. Okay, the thing is that you know Trump's always had this high floor, low ceiling. Okay, and what does he rely on? He relies on a high turnout. Frankly, that's how yeah. he won twenty sixteen. Was the Democrats had a low turnout because nobody wanted to vote for Hillary, and you know that that's a whole other story. Why that happened, uh, whether she was just not inspirational or whatever, right? Uh, the concern for Biden, it appears, should be that if he's not able to inspire the country, uh, what's going to make people, especially young people, want to get up and vote for him? I don't know if you saw on Twitter yesterday, Dan, but Kanye fucking West declared his presidential bid. Is that a joke? Is that real? I don't know. I mean, the F, uh, I believe the FCC, who like covers this stuff, he has not filed to run for president, so we don't even know if that's true. So like. A lot of things are happening on Twitter. People are getting upset. Venture capitalists and journalists are going to war with each other on Twitter right now. Uh, Elon Musk subjectively, you know, referenced that the SEC stands for suck Elon's cock uh, was definitely what he was intending by that message, which was quite weird. Uh, I think he said uh, SEC, but the middle words Elon's something along those lines. I mean, this whole year has been crazy in general, and we're, we're really beginning to, it's really beginning to re reflect in the general election. So, I mean, Twitter, it, Twitter especially is a platform of madness right now. A lot of things happen. Hey, heck, Dan, I went on Twitter. I, I tweeted at Jason Calacanis. I said, Jason, what, is, what does SEC stand for? And he was drunk on Twitter. He didn't even give me an SEC acronym. He said SAC. I was like, what? Apparently he had too much to drink Thursday night. He thought it was Friday. Uh, but you know what, Jason? Hey, if you're listening out there, we'd still love to have you on the Overlook team. One day we'll have you on the Overlook show. And one day we'll be the company that actually competes with Facebook. Because after years of saying that you're going to go out and fund a Facebook competitor, I want to see you walk the walk rather than talk the talk. I mean, yeah. I mean, talking is one thing. Doing the action is another. And we certainly hope Jason does some action soon, and we would be happy to welcome him on board. I certainly would. I certainly would, too. You've got to be an idiot not to. You know, we want to bring the best and brightest minds of the Silicon Valley onto our team, Dan, okay? The best media minds from Los Angeles and New York. We want to build the strongest team possible going into the 2020 election and beyond, okay? We've seen that we can technologically end fake news on our system as we know it we found a way to make a buttload of money. I'm not exactly gonna tell you how on this podcast, but it's working and we're establishing partnerships. And you know, venture capitalists, we're gonna go out and fundraise because frankly, it's my goal to try and raise the money prior to my birthday, which is August 17th, Dan, which means that if we do, we're gonna have a hell of a game of Marco Polo in my backyard, all right? Mm -hmm. I mean, to accomplish much in this world, you must have ambitions, and that, George, is a hefty goal. And I am certainly backing your cause to 
to, you know, help succeed at it. Beautiful, Dan. Dan, anything else we need to cover prior to uh, wrapping up this show? I mean, all the big news is covered. It's been a, the previous week was a huge week in terms of news. And, you know, we hope that the next week will also be, will also be a good supply of news as well. Yes, yes, yes. We hope cases go down. We hope deaths go down. We hope this can beat this damn coronavirus. Uh, hope a vaccine comes out. I see that two, uh, two vaccine potential, uh, up, you know, trials or whatever you want to call them have reached uh, phase three, which is pretty good. You know, uh, from the scientists, I'm hearing that it's happening at record speed. Uh, obviously, there's never been this many resources uh, poured into, you know, trying to solve one problem really in a while, probably ever historically. Um, excuse me, Dan, I had to burp, but you can keep that on the, uh, on the, on the tape. I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't tell, Dan, I'm a little bit fired up. Because things are going well here at Overlooked. We have to keep making things happen. We have to get this show on the road. And that is why we're going to wrap up episode 21 of the Overlooked show. Dan, any last words? Overlooked turns 21 as of today. And it's a, it's a drinking age now. 21. I see. I was a little confused for a second. I was like, 21? 21, 21 shows. 21 shows in. 21, 20 fun. And with that, my name is George Sermelis, and that's Daniel Quinn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap up this show because I am wired. I have a lot of energy. I've been looking at venture funds 24-7. Goddamn Crunchbase, Dan, thinks I'm a bot because I've been going so many times looking at venture funds. They think I'm a bot. You know, Which maybe I am, Dan, because all my friends say I am a bot, sarcastically, trying to joke around that I'm a bot. But you know what, Dan? To beat the bots, you need to become a bot. I have become what I've sought to destroy, and I'm okay with that. All right. Never have I thought Crunchbase would actually crack down on bots, but yes. It's, a, it's been a great show, George. Yes, it has. One of our finer ones. Mm-hmm. Dan, uh, multiple cuts from this show. Let's wrap it up right now. Three, mm-hmm. two, one. Bing!